your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We're here for you every day on all your favorite platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. So make sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice so you never miss another show. On tonight's podcast, I thought it would be a good time to take a look at a couple of different things. We have a couple preseason games that have now concluded over this weekend, and just now we had one against the uh, Vancouver Canucks, which... Yeah, uh, I have some thoughts on both games. Uh, Yesterday's was against the Oilers. Tonight's, again, Vancouver. Bit of an interesting road trip, I would say. But for the Jets, not really one that I would call super successful. We'll start off with the first game against the Oilers. This one was probably the one that I was a little bit, I I don't know, a little bit disappointed by. Not because the Jets were particularly bad. In fact, I thought that for at least the, uh, the first couple of periods, the Jets were really active. It felt like they were aggressive. They were creating tons of chances down low. They were actually putting Miko Koskinen under a decent amount of pressure. Against some of Edmonton's top players, Winnipeg actually had a, a pretty decent showing with a lineup that was decently strong, but not exactly at Winnipeg's best. You know, you saw Puya Yarvi and, and certainly Drysaddle and some of the others making really good showings against uh, Shifley, Connor, and the like. So obviously for Winnipeg, this was going to be at least a, a little bit of a rematch of last year's playoffs. Winnipeg, you know, in that series, they kind of got outplayed. It wasn't like the Jets actually swept them in a a triumphant series. No, the Jets were a bit fortunate to get all four games. You have to be a little bit lucky to sweep a team in most circumstances, but in the way that the Jets did it especially, yeah, they really weren't tilting the ice against the Oilers. This game was a little bit different, at least for the first half, I would say. The Jets generally had the run of play, and it seemed like Winnipeg was poised to be maybe the team that emerged victorious out of this one. But unfortunately, the big equalizer in this game is going to be the goaltending. And it's kind of an issue that I think Winnipeg is going to have to figure out sooner than later. Unfortunately, you know, you've got Eric Comrie, who under certain circumstances can be like a half-passable backup. But I think most teams would prefer to have like a more established veteran. With Comrie, I think the, uh, the, the game on Saturday kind of proved that he really needs to have like four to five goals of support at least to have a shot. And I don't think that's the world's most tenable situation if you're Winnipeg. While the Jets certainly have a very vaunted offense, it's not like they're going to be shooting, you know, 20% every single night. The goalies are just going to have to do their jobs and make saves. And with Comrie, you mostly get that. I think Eric does a lot of stuff on low danger shots and maybe even some medi- medium danger shots pretty well. But the problem is you'll have these moments where he surrenders there was a third goal on Saturday that was just really ugly. If I recall it correctly, Puya Yarvi just sort of winded up a shot from distance and slapped it home, and it just sort of slipped through Comrie somehow, and it's one of those goals that's an absolute howler. And Eric kind of has these moments a lot, which is a little bit unfortunate. 
he's you know he's an AHL goalie and he's being asked to do stuff that most AHL netminders aren't really capable of. It'd be a bit unfair to expect an AHL netminder to be able to shut down Leon Draisaitl, Yasapoya Yarvi, Kyler Yamamoto, shooters of that caliber. And this is just the Oilers. We didn't even see their top lineup last night, and that team can absolutely eat through most NHL squads. To Comrie's credit, he really wasn't at fault for, I would say, most of the goals. You'd really like a save on a couple of those opportunities, but I'm not going to get too upset with him on most of the shots. I think uh, there were some really bad defensive lapses from the Jets. Neil Pionk on the fourth goal was, I don't even know what he was doing. He was just completely facing the wrong way. Didn't mark his man behind him towards the uh, the near post side, and unfortunately, that was just a clean route for the Oilers to score the game-winning goal. Nugent Hopkins really had so much daylight to work with, which is kind of not a great sign if you're the Jets. Winnipeg's veteran defenders haven't exactly been sparkling in this preseason, which, not super surprising. They've, uh, they're probably still in golfing mode. I don't think that they're really warmed up 100% yet, and the team might not get back to full strength until the start of the regular season. But all that said, despite the goals against, the Jets did still have a pretty competitive game. They actually came back and nearly tied it and won. Were it not for that last second defensive lapse, you know, maybe the Jets could have forced overtime and, and pulled off a victory. I'll say that for this game, a couple of things stood out. For one thing, I thought Shifley looked very engaged, which I was happy to see. Mark was active. I thought that he was making some defensive reads. It just seemed like a much better game from him than we've seen over the past couple of years. If he comes back and looks like this throughout most of the regular season, I feel like that top line at least will be able to mask some of its bigger deficiencies that it's had for the past several years. I know that CSW is certainly not my favorite and that a lot of folks are, well, beginning to see the light on just how bad it's been, especially defensively, but if Shifley is more committed and really active in, in promoting play up and down the ice, I think that it might be more livable than it's been in the past. This is all in very relative terms. I still think CSW is a very bad combo for reasons that kind of come from a bit of a mismatch in speed and style, and certainly some defensive issues, but mostly I just want to see Shifley at his best. When he's really pushing it and, and playing like the dynamic forward that he can be, He's still one of the most exciting offensive talents out there. It's just that we don't always get the, the two-way game that we all know he's capable of. Morrissey also had a goal, but I feel like it sort of papers over what was a pretty rough performance from him. I, I want to give Josh the benefit of the doubt and hope that he can sort of overcome some of his on-ice stuff, but it's just... The more I watch him, the more I'm convinced that Winnipeg is going to have to move him at some point. He's just not the same player, and it's clear that, unfortunately, with the added responsibilities and time on ice, it's it's not really making his life any easier. If anything, Josh has just been drowning, and I feel like there's not going to be a good partner for him other than, like, Dylan DeMello, who could maybe make him look passable. And it's not because he's, he's you know, not trying. It's just that the stuff that he does and the way that he approaches the game it seems like he's struggling to make heads or tails of Winnipeg's system, and he lacks a little bit of the technical flair you would need to add more of an offensive jump to the game. A lot of his approaches, and certainly his puck possession, tends to be, for me, just a little bit too predictable, and I feel like it's easy for opponents to read, which puts him in a tough situation. And then, of course, we know that his defensive zone work is on the rougher side, so it's just been a tough start for Morrissey, and I'm not really anticipating much this year. I hope that he can rebound at some point, but... If Schmidt can't pull it off and if he doesn't get paired with DeMello, I'm a little bit concerned long-term. Other than that, fairly standard stuff for the Jets throughout this preseason, nothing too exciting to note. I have some more detailed thoughts on tonight's game against the uh, Vancouver Canucks, which I'm saying tonight because uh, you'll be getting this on Monday, but I'm actually recording it on a Sunday night, so it's still fresh for me. I have some thoughts from this game. I think it's a little bit more interesting, and there are some things that maybe 
you know, the Jets could rely on for at least a backup goalie. We'll see. But before we dive into this game against the Canucks, I thought you should hear a little bit about why DirecTV is your best option for all your TV streaming needs. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Hey, Winnipeg Jets fans. This is Harrison Lee with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just log on and download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code HOCKEY and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and again, use promo code HOCKEY to get your 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and many other brands. Getting started seriously couldn't be easier. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code HOCKEY to get your 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank and start saving. There's never been a better time to save at the pump, and all you need to do is download Get Upside for free at the Google Play or App Store. Download Get Upside today. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. As always, thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We are continuing analysis and discussion of Winnipeg's weekend preseason action against the Oilers and Canucks. We just talked about the game against the Oilers, a tough 4-3 loss, which... I think most of us probably expected. The second game against the Canucks was a little bit more frustrating, or maybe the better word is boring. This one was a 3-2 loss, and, uh, you know, it just felt like not a whole lot was happening for Winnipeg. This was a game in which the Jets really struggled to create. Most of the players looked pretty tired. I know that it was on a back-to-back, but a lot of the guys who were maybe rested yesterday just didn't really look as fresh either so it just seemed like the team in general was a step slow and Vancouver immediately seized on it I felt like Vancouver came to play tonight which isn't super shocking I mean they mostly had an NHL heavy roster considering uh, their opponents I felt like Vancouver kind of came out with what would be like a very low-end NHL starting roster not exactly a lineup you want to go out there on day one with but certainly a little bit better than what the Jets were putting out. Winnipeg's lineup certainly had a lot more grinders and AHO players than usual, so not exactly something that I was expecting a victory out of. But all the same, a couple of things did stick out. Mikhail Berdin actually looked pretty decent. I don't think that he was outstanding, and there are some moments where you can tell his positioning and that impetuousness that he seems to have, you know, it's going to cause him issues. The first goal against was something that he did by himself by accident. He came out and aggressively played the puck behind the net, got a little bit too cute with it, sort of flung the puck around, and it got picked off by Tanner Pearson and then jammed in by another Canucks forward, so a really rough start for him. After that goal against, he seemed to settle down and track the puck pretty well. I thought that his work down low was uh, pretty decent. Where I kind of noticed some issues with his game is that oftentimes it feels like his movement is a little bit inefficient. I don't know if that's just something that he's still working on, maybe that's his style, 
but it seems like there's a lot of extra motion where maybe he kind of needs to simplify certain motions and his positioning to try and score off against the shooters a little bit more effectively. I feel like he's a, he's a little bit raw in certain departments, and it's going to be a problem for him once he starts facing more NHL-caliber shooters. If you give NHL shooters any time and space, they'll be able to pick the corners pretty easily. And tonight, Vancouver arguably missed like three or four goals. They hit the post twice, and there were a couple of opportunities down low where Berdine had completely committed to whatever the puck carrier was doing flopped out of his net and there were honestly several great opportunities for the Canucks to convert on these chances but thanks to some desperation plays and some poor puck luck you know the Jets managed to keep the puck away from uh, Berdine and out of the net as the game wore on though I did think Berdine actually had a pretty good outing in general he wasn't really being uh, too aggressive in certain instances I thought that his crease depth was fine he looked like he was tracking the puck well dealt with a couple of difficult deflections just a, a fine enough performance I don't know that it would really translate against high-end shooters and stuff like that, but as far as like an NHL-heavy roster is concerned, I thought that he handled Vancouver's lineup pretty decently, and it'll give the Jets some pause as to what exactly they want to do about their backup position. I, I think we need to see more from Berardine. It's not exactly a, a position that I think he should be taking immediately, but if he continues this throughout the uh, the next few weeks and maybe shows awesome stuff at the AHL level and maybe a game or two at the NHL level that makes them think he really could be the backup... I'm not averse to giving it a run. I would just be careful because, you know, this is a young kid. He's still building his confidence. And while he is very energetic and exciting, I still think that there are elements of his game that may not yet translate to the NHL. But, you know, it might be an improvement on Eric Comrie at the very least. So we'll see if Berdine gets more of a shot as the uh, the weeks roll on. I don't think that he's expected to start the next couple of games. It sounds like Hellebuck will take the last two preseason games this week. But beyond that, we'll see if Berdine is ready for at least a start here and there and maybe some relief duty if something happens to Hellebuck. Aside from that, I thought that Heinola had a pretty all right night. Uh, he had a really good breakout pass that actually led to a Jeff Mallott jammed home goal. It was a little bit of a chaotic sequence, but the stretch pass was vintage Villy, a, a great stretch pass with great vision and perfectly executed and, and power on the pass to get it all the way up the ice. I think that he, generally speaking, had some good man marking, thought his positioning was fine. He looked a lot more composed tonight than previous weeks which is always good to see, especially in light of Logan Stanley suffering some kind of an arm injury and coming out of the game. I don't know if it's going to be like a long-term thing. Probably not, but if it is, Heinola might have to be ready to step in and take that third D pairing spot. I still think Bolu probably gets it anyways because Nate is in fact the, uh, the veteran and the team really seems to like him for some reason. But in my mind, I think Heinola has done enough to prove that he really does deserve a longer-term look with this team. And if it's not going to happen soon... You do worry that the Jets are going to kind of move on from Heinola and maybe make a mistake down the road. Speaking of the stock of players and stuff, in just a little bit I thought I'd talk about players that I've seen stock rising and maybe some folks that I've kind of cooled off on. We'll have some thoughts on that in just a moment. But before we go too much further, I thought you should hear about why Indeed is the best stop for all of your hiring needs. Thanks to the great resignation, the job market is filled with once-in-a-generation talent. So how is your organization going to put together an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire. All at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you find the right hire right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. 
With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can even invite them to apply right away. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 70 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. As always, thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We are taking a look at uh, what I feel are like some stock risers and stock fallers throughout this preseason. A couple of guys that I think might deserve a longer look and some players that again, I think might need to spend more time with the Moose to further hone their game and get, you know, NHL ready. So in terms of stock risers, the easiest one to choose is going to be Cole Perfetti. I think he sort of smoked the competition. He looks like he's ready for NHL duty now, not later. And I would love to see him get into a game for the Jets a lot sooner than I expected. I was hoping to see him last year at some point, but obviously that didn't happen. So this year, I think it really needs to give him an introduction to this team. I see him being a potential playmaking genius for the squad. And even at this young age, he could actually make an immediate NHL impact right now. I also think Heinle's stock has risen a bit. He's shown off the stuff that we all know and love from him especially from his uh, his draft highlights and stuff. He's very offensively active. He's still working on his defensive marking and positioning, but maybe it'll get there at some point. Overall, though, the stuff that he can do in transition and certainly his offensive creativity with the little stutter steps and fakes and feints that he can do to fool opposing forwards and defenders into creating space for him just makes him such a lethal threat from the back end. I really feel like he has many offensive instincts and skill sets that, frankly, no other Jets defender has. He's a super smart player, and I would love to see him get some more NHL time soon. Another player that I think has stock rising is going to be Christian Veselainen. I know that he maybe didn't have the flashiest of outings over the past couple of days, but overall I think his game has rounded out very nicely, and if he actually gets used properly, I think he'd be a really good NHL player, somewhere in like a third or a fourth line role. But he needs to have skill around him, and that's something that more often than not you're only going to get from like top six deployments. So Veselainen clearly needs actual NHL talent to work with and not some scrubs if the Jets can, you know, afford to give that up. I, I think that they can give him good line mates, but whether or not they actually will, we uh, we'll have to wait and see for that. In terms of stock fallers, you know, Josh Morrissey didn't really uh, have the highest stock to begin with, but I think his performance has me a lot more concerned than I was expecting. So yeah, I think his uh, defensive lapses, the less than perfect offensive work, and a lot of the issues that we saw last year, still part of his game. And I think heading into this year, it could be a make-or-break season for him. So 
you know, I really hope and root for him to improve and have a great year, but I'm not really expecting much. I've also had some stock falling for Eric Comrie, who uh, was probably going to be the unquestioned backup at first, but after the past couple of preseason games, I think the Jets will be scrambling for a real backup goalie. You know, quietly, I think they knew that this was going to be an issue and always a risk, but there's just not a lot of cap space to work with, and so unless they can find a really cheap goalie or Bairdeen somehow steals a job from Eric, I don't know that they're really going to have many choices. Comrie is just going to have to try and make as many saves as humanly possible, and the Jets are going to have to score like 10 goals a night. It's not really an ideal situation, but it may be what Winnipeg has to work with until a better option emerges. I hope that at least one of these guys who's currently on the roster can step up, but if not, the Jets need to make a deal sooner rather than later or claim someone off the waiver wire. Let's hope Comrie or Bairdeen's ready for the backup role now, though, and instead of having to go outside and find somebody else. If the Jets need to uh, go outside the organization, I'd be curious to know who you would like to see them bring in. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. It is time to make your second listen of the day, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.